Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Underrepresented in Tech podcast. Uh, It's just me today. Michelle is taking a little break this week, Um, but joining me is the amazing, the fantastic Amber Hines. Amber Hines is the CEO of Equalize Digital Inc., a certified B Corp specializing in WordPress accessibility. She is the maker of the Accessibility Checker plugin, which I have used before, and the lead organizer of the WordPress Accessibility Meetup. Through her work with, um, sorry, through her work at Equalize Digital, Amber is striving to create a world where all people have equal access to information and tools on the internet, regardless of ability, which is such an amazing mission statement. Um, she recently spoke at WordCamp US where we got to have like all of maybe five minutes worth of conversation um, where she led a website accessibility testing workshop, which I heard amazing things about. And coming soon, she will be the lead or uh, co-lead organizer of the WordPress Accessibility Day Conference. Hi, Amber. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It's kind of fun when you've actually listened to a podcast and somebody's like, hey, do you want to come on? You're like, yay. <laughs> yay. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, like the work that you do and all of the things that you do are so in line with me and Michelle's mission here is... Like, I love the way that you have that worded in your bio, like striving to create a world where all people have equal access to information and tools, regardless of ability. Like that's so succinct. It's so perfect. And I think that should be everyone's mission as people who create things and put them out on the internet, right? That should be something that everybody wants to accomplish, I think. Yeah, I mean, I in an ideal world, I think we're building websites that we want to do something. We either want people to read them or we want them to buy something, or we want them to decide to contact us or fill out a newsletter subscribe form. And if it doesn't work for everyone, then it feels like we're kind of missing the mark on that. Absolutely. That makes total sense. And I think that um, WordPress Accessibility Day is a huge tool to push that mission forward. And I love this event. I It was either last year, year before I volunteered um, for that event. And it was such a gratifying experience to just kind of like listen and observe because I end up kind of most things I do kind of being in the foreground a little bit. So it was really nice to kind of be a background player in that and really listen and really learn all the things that I didn't know about how to make the web more accessible. So I definitely would like you to tell us a little bit about WordPress or a lot about WordPress Accessibility Day. That's why we're here. Um, It's coming up super soon. So what is the event? How did it get started? When is it? How can people get access to it? All that good stuff. So WordPress Accessibility Day is a 24-hour conference that is going to run from, I'm here in the U.S., so I was thinking Central Time because that's where I live, uh, from 10 a.m. Central on uh, Wednesday, November 2nd through 10 a.m. Central on uh, Thursday, November 3rd. Um, And it was originally started just via members of the accessibility team 
uh, and it ran last in 2020, and then they took a break in 2021. And at the end of 2021, I was like, hey, wait, where'd this event go? <laughs> and so I contacted Joe Dolson, who's the other lead organizer. And I said, hey, Joe, do you need help getting this going again? Because I would love to get this event going again. Because as you mentioned, there's just so much that can we can all learn. I feel like I also volunteered. I didn't help organize it last year, but I volunteered and I was a, an MC. And so I got a front row seat for some of the presentations and I learned something every time. And I was just like, we need to bring this back. Uh, so Joe was game and um, we have a great organizing team. We're all volunteers from across the community and around the globe. Um, and so that's part of why it's a 24 hour event. We wanted to have sessions that would work for people no matter where they were in the world and not just, so I gave you a US time, right? Because that's what orients or works well for me. And I may not be watching presentations at two in the morning my time, but because it's going to run over 24 hours, the, the idea is that there'll be sessions that work for someone, no matter what time zone they're in, something will always be during their normal business hours if that's when they want to tune in. Um, and so it's a single track event and it's going to be held on the WP Accessibility Day website, which is just wpaccessibility.day and it's free. You can donate if you want to help support the event, but you don't have to, you can register for free and we'll have live stream and uh, chat and Q and A and um, sign language interpretation this year, which we're really excited about and um, live captioning and a full transcript that's all typed by a human rather than auto-generated. And that way, hopefully it can be as accessible for everyone in the community. That is so exceptional. I'm so excited for all of those things. Um, and I love that it's a 24 hour event because you're right like that. I think that when people hear accessibility, particularly when it comes to the web, I feel like people immediately think like blindness or low vision. Um, and there's like a very like specific idea of what accessibility means and what it means to create for, um, you know, all people and so on. But having the event be available to people outside of our hemisphere is another way of making it accessible that I feel like people don't uh, think about as much, right? Because if you are in, I don't know, because I'm also in a central time zone here in the US. So it's like if we have an event during our time, somebody in, I don't know, France or Kuwait, it's like, oh, well, this is like the middle of the night for me. So like, how am I supposed to be able to participate. So it's super awesome that it's 24 hours. I love that. Um, so how, how do you feel like this year's event, like, is there anything special about this year's event or different or new, um, as opposed to the last WordPress accessibility day that you're excited for? So the sign language interpretation is new. That mm -hmm. was a big thing that I wanted to do. We've off and on been able to get sponsors for our meetup in order to do um, sign language interpretation, and it's something that we've had attendees for the meetup request, um, mm -hmm. because we do have some deaf attendees who are culturally deaf, meaning they grew up speaking sign language as their first language. Um, and so it's harder to kind of translate the English or it just means different. So being able to have the sign language is really helpful. And that was a big thing that we said was a goal. We wanted to bring in enough sponsors to help cover that um, for WP Accessibility Day, and we we're very excited that we were able to do that. Um, another thing that is new this year is that it is no longer running through the WordPress Foundation. It's an independent event. 
which means that we are able to pay speakers. That we don't awesome. have a huge budget for that because again, we're all volunteers. We're bringing in sponsors, but we, we said like, even if it's a small something, we wanted to be able to give speakers something for their time because we really believe that it's important to compensate speakers for their time. It takes time to put together slides and to come and, um, be brave to talk in front of people, especially if you don't do it very often. And so, so that was something that we said this year, since it's an independent event now, we have the ability to do that. And so we have budgeted for that. Um, We're going to have t-shirts and they're, they're kind of fun. We're excited about that. So I'm working on, we're, we're giving them to speakers and volunteers and organizers, but we're trying to put together, I've been playing around with some of the like drop shipping options. So if other mm. people want to buy them, they can buy them too. Oh my gosh. I'll be first in line if you're selling t-shirts. I, d- I love the design for the event, like the kind of mosaic puzzle kind of design. And so I will be your first customer if you figure that out to get a t-shirt. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Our, our t-shirts don't actually have the logo on them. <gasps> oh no. They're, uh, but they're, they're kind of a, a little edgy statement I don't there's not a picture we haven't put a picture out yet mm-hmm. um but watch for it it's a little bit of an, an edgy statement on accessibility and WordPress <laughs> I love edgy statements so. <laughs> all right I'm it's, doubling it's a, down it's a design that can be read multiple ways let's put it that I love way it. so it'll be I fun to it. see what people have to say when we put it out there <laughs> absolutely oh that's even more exciting I definitely want one now an air of mystery um that is also cool. I'm so I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with that. You're paying speakers. And it's so silly. I love WordPress. I love the WordPress Foundation. Like I will always say that it is so silly and kind of stupid that that is a barrier to paying speakers, right? Like doing it through this channel means you can't. I don't think a lot of people realize that, right? Is like you you're literally not allowed to pay speakers like I've heard people talk about that if they're hosting a meetup or if they're hosted, they want to do a WordCamp or whatever, that you're literally not allowed to compensate your speakers outside of like speaker gifts, which I'm sorry, as a speaker, I would much rather get some money than a water bottle or a backpack or a t-shirt. I have a million of those things, right? Like it's very silly. So I'm so glad that y'all have been able to get it to where it has to be to be able to do that because that's super valuable. So at WordCamp US, pretty much every mm-hmm. year, Matt Matt Mullenweg, our uh, our benevolent leader, does a Q&A where people are allowed to, you know, ask him these kind of rapid fire questions. He doesn't know what they're going to ask. And um, to me, it's always almost like a game to watch as he tries to answer these questions in a very politically correct way without ever giving a solid yes or no on things uh, in real time. It's, it's very, very interesting brave of to him, watch. to be honest. It's brave. <laughs> I, I will say I respect him for being willing to do it because yeah. you can really get thrown curveballs. <laughs> and he does every single year. There's, I feel like there's at least one question that kind of goes down in history as like, yeah, that was the question. Um, and I would say that maybe your question was at least one of the questions this year, at least for me, is the question and answer that really stood out to me. Um, so if anybody missed what that was, can you give a little a little lowdown on what it was you asked him and what it was he said in response? Well, actually, I didn't ask him anything, but oh. he was talking. There was someone else who came up and asked about accessibility in core. Um, 
there are some I wasn't actually in the room while the questions were being asked so I was piecing things together from Twitter so okay so I apologize for my uh, misinformation yeah that's okay so so someone asked him about you know accessibility and can we focus more on accessibility Mm -hmm. Uh, because there are some challenges still in uh, core and obviously if the goal of WordPress is to democratize publishing Mm-hmm. That means we want people with disabilities to be able to publish with WordPress. Yeah. Um, and one of the statements that he made while responding to that question was that he said there is a challenge with getting people with disabilities to test WordPress. And I believe that it's it's possible because who knows how much outreach they've done to the disability community. But but I tweeted at him, and this is kind of what got some attention afterwards, that this is only a problem if we're not willing to pay people with disabilities to test. Yeah. And, and this is something that both through my work and the speak and the testers that we hire at my company, Guaz Digital, and also through a lot of the speakers that I've had the opportunity to bring on as volunteer speakers for our meetup and hearing from them, a lot of times people with disabilities are asked to donate their time and people mm-hmm. with disabilities are very frequently underemployed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so in my mind, there's a really easy solution, which is committing time or sorry, committing dollars to pay, like run regular user testing sessions. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, there's definitely some frustration there. And I, I think his approach on it is everyone who works on WordPress is a volunteer, except for that's not really true. <laughs> uh, there's quite a few companies beyond automatic. It's not just automatic, right? There's yeah. a lot of companies who pay contributors to work on WordPress. And so some of these companies that are large companies that have the ability to sometimes even hire full-time individuals to exclusively work on WordPress, one of them needs to step up and say, I am going to hire a person with disabilities to mm-hmm. work on WordPress. Yeah. Whether that is a blind person or maybe even just someone who is deaf, but also is an accessibility specialist who their whole job could be managing accessibility um, mm-hmm. or someone with a motor challenge that maybe only uses a keyboard because they can't move a mouse. Um, there's there's a lot of different things. And so I I mean, I feel very strongly that if we want this testing to happen, the best way to do it is to pay for it. Yeah. And to say this is important, this is a priority. We're going to invest mm-hmm. our dollars, whatever those dollars are, in making sure that it happens. Um I will say though, there was also some follow-up conversation. Like it's not necessarily that. The problem is just that things don't get tested because there are open accessibility tickets in track Mm. and in the Gutenberg GitHub that haven't been addressed yet. So there's also a need for developers to be interested in putting effort into resolving accessibility problems when they are identified because there are people who are blind and use screen readers on the accessibility team that, that open bug reports um, or that do test things. So it's not always that they just don't know that things aren't accessible. It's that sometimes things are being allowed to ship inaccessible. 
Yeah, that's so interesting. And what frustrates me about that is, okay, we have this system where everyone is a quote unquote volunteer, right? Um, and that's great and that's fine. And that creates this, this sense of, you know, that creates this great vibe that we have in this community in this small village sort of a feel where everyone is kind of pitching in and doing their share and so on and so forth. But the difference, the difference of you know, okay, well, maybe we don't have enough resources or people power or time to ship this new feature because everyone's operating on a volunteer basis is very different than we don't have the resources or time or people power to ship very basic level essential things like the software being accessible. Like that, that's not a feature. I feel like people think of that as just another feature of, well, okay, well, if it's not accessible, you know, as long as it ships and lots of people can use it, then it's fine. And it's, it's just not true. Like it's, it's just not true. And it frustrates me that we don't have a way to say, okay, well, the volunteering and the, the paid contributor system has gotten us 90% of the way. Now let's determine how we can get the other 90% or the other 10%, you know, accomplished. And from what you're saying, in many cases, that involves hiring people to do that work. And I think that, yeah, there's tons of companies that contribute people to work on WordPress. Automatic really is the largest and most financially capable of doing that. And so, you know, when I was looking at your response and the threads that were coming off of that and it it just really frustrated me at the lack of proposed solution from mm -hmm. leadership right whether you want to say that that's matt or whether you want to say that that's other business owners who contribute their people to wordpress um it seems like the role of leadership in a big project like this is to dissolve roadblocks and this is a huge roadblock that we have is, is the project not being accessible where it needs to be. I did a podcast with um, uh, Press the Issue a couple of months ago where I tried to figure out how accessible WordPress is. And I was super horrified to learn how much of Core, how much of Gutenberg is just not accessible to people. And I think that oh. that's, that's such a... Go ahead. That's it. Just really, it yeah, really upsets no, I mean, me. You know, I, I think to highlight that point, what was it? Only about a month ago, twenty twenty two was finally approved to get the accessibility ready tag, and this is the first time in many years that a core theme did not have the accessibility ready tag. But it was because there are were elements of full site editing that were not accessible. Right, and so it's kind of like why, why are we releasing? full site editing mm -hmm. if people with disabilities cannot use it. Yeah. And and not even calling it beta. <laughs> yeah. Like, That'd be one like, thing. Yeah. But yeah, calling it we're, finished. We're saying, this is ready for prime time. No, I yeah. don't And but it's I, like, you know, go ahead. Yeah. And I think too, on that front with the companies hiring, you know, I have a friend and I don't know, you know, how much I can say, but like, I have a friend who he's a developer and he, I mean, I've seen some of the things he codes and it just is like, you know, way over my head, right? Um, but he is blind and he has been handed by some companies in our space 
developer tests during hiring process that weren't accessible to him and that he Mm -hmm. couldn't, not because he doesn't know the code, right? And doesn't know, like he can do GitHub, but just like the way the test was designed or the software that they use for the test wasn't accessible. And so really thinking about even in your hiring process or the people that are brought onto the team and what the communication is like for them. Yeah. Um, like that's really going to impact the whole direction of the project. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's frustrating because it seems like there should be a straightforward way to resolve this. Um, what do you feel like, I mean, save, you know, we, we talked about paying people with disabilities to test the, to test the thing. Um, but it seems a little bit more complicated than that. Like what, and if you could wave a magic wand and have a solution present itself, what would that solution look like? For accessibility and WordPress core. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I, so I'll be first to say, like, I'm not super actively involved with the accessibility team. I read. I every once in a while say things to people on the side <laughs> that are on the team, but I don't attend every meeting and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think there are definitely people on that team who are probably better positioned than me to say like what the magic bullet is. Mm. I think we've been blocked first, like since since Gutenberg got rolled into core, we've been using that. That's what we build sites for our clients. I'm very, uh, there are things about it that I really like like not having to teach clients how to use short codes just to make columns, right? Like yeah. things like that are better. But I do think that there has to be some thought put into, you know, how can we make an editing experience work for everyone and maybe not rushing as quickly into just rolling in features. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think accessibility problems should be a reason that something cannot be released. And we need to say that this this is a bug that is not just minor. This is really important because it goes against the core value and the goal, like the stated goal of WordPress, of democratizing publishing. If that's what we're trying to do, then we have to make sure everyone can use the tool. That is incredible. That will be our, that's going to be what I sell this episode on is what you just said, right? (laughs) Like that makes total sense to me. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be an option right? It shouldn't be optional. It needs to be mandatory. Like, I don't really like you. I don't know an infinite amount about how these teams work and how things exactly get shipped. I imagine there's, you know, some sort of list that goes, that gets gone through to determine, okay, well, is this in order? Is this in order? Is this in order? Have we checked all these boxes to make sure that this can be shipped? And it sounds like accessibility is not a part of that list. Or if it is, it just gets overlooked. Um, I, I'm, I mean, I'm I oversimplifying think, I think it. I it is to some degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to say that nobody is working on it, right? Because there are right. a lot of really amazing people who are working on it. Um, I just think that sometimes there are timelines set that maybe everyone in the community doesn't <laughs> get, right? Like some yeah. specific people in leadership are like, this is happening and this is when it's going out and we just make it ready by then. And if yeah. there are certain things, we won't worry about it or we'll come back and circle circle back and fix them later. And yeah. with accessibility, it's always easier to do it right from the first time. And 
And very infrequently do people actually circle back. Now in WordPress, that's not necessarily the case. I, I've seen a lot of circling back, right? Like the fact that 2022 is now able to have an accessibility ready tag because those problems were fixed. They just weren't fixed before it shipped. Um, yeah. That's a good distinction to make though. Yeah. yeah. Um, being able to circle back is really powerful, but like you said, what it was what a month ago that it got that tag, and we're in October, um, so and that we're means about to release twenty twenty three. Yeah, so that means the majority of the year there were people that couldn't couldn't use it the way that it, you know everyone else can, and that's not yes. that's not fair. And the yeah, there's thing, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say the other thing that I would really like to see that mm -hmm. I think would make a huge difference for accessibility of WordPress websites is more guidance and or restrictions in on how content creators can use WordPress to create content. Um, so a really great example is the core video block has a setting that you can use to make the video autoplay and loop. And when it does, and then you can also toggle on a setting to hide the controls. And so I don't know a whole lot about accessibility, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure I know that that's not a good option or that's not I mean, a good thing to make mandatory no. on a video. Yeah. If you want a website to be web content accessibility guidelines compliant, anything that autoplays for more than five seconds has to have a control that allows someone to disable it. Right. In an ideal world, we don't autoplay anything on websites because this is not 2005. <laughs> yeah, right? we're not doing we're not, flash we're not anymore. streaming like music on websites the moment they load, like all of that, right? Yeah. But I get like sometimes people like background videos or something to play on the side. But I just, you know, like that's a great example where we could turn off the setting that hides the controls on a video that is set to autoplay. Mm -hmm. And then that way, if you just, you can either hide the controls. I don't know how you would, I guess there'd be no point in hiding the controls on a video that wasn't out of play. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe true. Maybe shouldn't be able to hide the controls at all. I don't know. I think or, so. Or maybe we need like a warning on that. And we talked about that during at Contributor Day during um, WordCamp US because I was testing that block a bunch. Um, I think another thing that I would love to see is the heading selection because using headings in the right order really is helpful for people on screen readers, especially. Mm -hmm. on being able to understand the content of the page and navigate around it. And so I would, it would be so easy for us to recognize what headings have already pre been preceded the mm -hmm. one. And then when you insert a heading block, if it would only allow you to choose the right number. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if it was your first heading on a page, you can only set it to H2 because your title theoretically is H1, mm -hmm. but you couldn't be like H4. <laughs> Yeah. Just because it's smaller and I like the font that it is. It would right? make so much more sense. And that would just make things so much more easy. Like when I put a page together, I have to like, that's something I have to think about. It's like, okay, are my, are, am I using my headings correctly? Let me go back over and see and blah, blah, blah. And like, if it just did it automatically, that would be so much easier for people like me who've been using WordPress a long time. But for somebody who's just opening up WordPress for the first time today, like that empowers them to create a more accessible website, maybe without even realizing that that's what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. I would love to have stuff like that and 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely noticed that, you know, I think the trajectory of things has improved. That might be true or untrue. I mean, being able to select colors and have something tell me, hey, that color with this color is probably not gonna work out. You should be like seeing those sorts of things. Like I've noticed building in WordPress has become more accessibility friendly in various ways um, mm -hmm. to me. And so sometimes I wonder if it's a thing of like, well, the net is growing, right? Like WordPress as a whole is more accessible than it was 10 years ago to build with. So we don't really have to urgently, you know, address any of the issues that, you know, you and I are talking about right now. I feel like that's, have you heard that argument before where it's sort of like, oh, you know, things are getting better as a whole, so we shouldn't have to worry about it too much. No, I don't, I don't feel like I've heard that. I think, you know, a lot of it is just you know, when I talk to people on the accessibility team, uh, I think some of it is, those are good ideas. So on the heading thing, mm -hmm. um, those are good ideas, but it might just open a giant can of worms because somebody's going to get upset that they can't select the H4. <laughs> and then there's going to be a whole bunch of support tickets or something, right? Like like if this, this feature is rolled out. Um, and I think for me, I'm just, I'm in the land of this is where I, I work all day, right? With accessibility and most of, like, not most, all of our clients have come to us because they want to be more accessible and they are like, oh, okay, you just educate me on that and now I understand why. So I'm like, let's let's figure out, can we put in education? But maybe that's where it starts, right? Is first we add a warning, mm -hmm. you've selected a heading that is bad for accessibility, kind of like we have a warning that these colors don't pass for color contrast. Yeah. Or we have something that highlights what an alt text is and links you over to the alt text decision tree on do you need it, right? So maybe it's about putting more guidance in first yeah. and then eventually we can work towards having those rails. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's something we've talked about with our product too. Like maybe we just need to build more of this into our plugin. But I think in the long run, like you mentioned, I think the reality is we're going to see more accessible websites built with WordPress when the default is accessibility and you can't make, or you can only make very limited inaccessible choices and, and without even knowing it, because yeah. we need the people who've never heard of website accessibility to be able to install plugins or just use core WordPress mm -hmm. and have the way those tools are be accessible mm -hmm. yeah. without them having to do anything. That makes a lot of sense to me because it's also like, okay, if you really want to use that H4 when you should be using an H3, um, it's not like it's impossible, right? Like if you're a developer, you maybe can go in there somehow and manually change that code to do what you want it to do. It's, it's, it's not like it's um, completely out of your hands of what you can do with your website, but you're right. Like the basic options, the default options should bend toward what is the most accessible in my eyes. And then if you really want to break the rule, because it's so important that this is, you know, how it, how you want it to be, then I think that is kind of the beauty of WordPress, right? Is like you have this one layer cake 
that everyone can come and eat. And then once you want to start getting fancy, you can add other layers to it and be crazy. Um, but yeah, I think that primary layer should be as accessible as possible because those especially are the people who are not going to know better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, it was super wonderful to talk to you today, Amber. I love talking about all of this stuff. Um, as I go through my career with WordPress, I learn more and more all the time about um, about accessibility. And I'm super grateful that there are people like you in our community who are open and willing to teach and explain. Um, and yeah, I think overall we're going in the right direction. It's just, it's frustrating sometimes when uh, it feels like things are moving too slowly, but I think we'll get there. Yeah, I think we will too. There's been good, I feel like positive momentum and mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people and a lot of companies who are interested in better supporting accessibility, both in WordPress or in their own products or software. And so I think we are moving the right direction and I try to stay positive about it. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, before we go, remind everyone where they can go to register for WordPress Accessibility Day. Is it WordPress Accessibility Day or WP Accessibility Day? So it is a fish. I mean, on the logo, it's WordPress Accessibility Day. We've been having this conversation. It started <laughs> as part of, but I've mentioned the foundation. So I think it was allowed to be WordPress Accessibility Day. <laughs> but now that it's not, I don't know if that's like, um, now we're talking about this and somebody's going <laughs> to call us out <laughs> on it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We might morph into being WP Accessibility Day only. It looks kind of funny mm. on the logo. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. So it, it is WordPress Accessibility Day. The website is wpaccessibility.day because we are respecting the trademark on our domain. <laughs> Perfect. Good. And then where can people find you if they want to follow the things that you're doing? Yes, the best place to get in touch with me these days is on Twitter. And I am at Hey Amber Hines. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again so much. And thank you all of you out there for listening. And we will see you again next week. This episode was sponsored by the following companies. WP Wallet. WP Wallet is a free, simple, intelligent tool that helps WordPress professionals effortlessly manage all of their license keys and invoices for all sites and clients. Never forget a renewal, lose a license key, or miss out on a reimbursement again. Join WP Wallet for free today. Learn Dash. LearnDash is taking cutting-edge e-learning methodology and infusing it into WordPress. More than just a plugin, LearnDash is trusted to power the learning programs for major universities, small to mid-sized companies, startups, entrepreneurs, and bloggers worldwide. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.